Hey, welcome to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Great podcast lined up today. That's right. What, what are we focusing on today, Franklin? Uh, Franklin? Uh, the Folk Life Festival. That's right. Smithsonian's Folk Life Festival. That's right. And once you tell our audience what the Folk Life Festival is all about, which we attended in back in back in June, July, <laughs> and I'd love to tell the audience actually what what it's all about. Uh, first of all, the Smithsonian Folk Life Festival began in 1967. Right. And it's essentially a two-week period from June and July time frame. Are you reading from the cue card? Or are you no. Oh, okay, no, good. No, that right. focuses on living cultural heritage. Okay. And then, and they usually have three aspects. They start with a nation. They focus on a nation. Right. And then a state or region. Mm-hmm. And they usually have a theme. Right. So our nation was Bhutan. Land of the Thunder Dragon, right? Yes. Right. Okay. And then for our state region, it was Texas. And uh, the oh. aspects of Texas he, he knows, were... Franklin knows about that. Yes. Food, wine, and <laughs> music. Yeah, he covered them all, in fact, if come I'm not on, mistaken. Come on, come on, come on. I didn't cover the wine. I didn't cover the wine. Oh, that's right. We were on the clock. Uh, none of us here actually Tell us about the food, wine. though. The food was great. Um, the beef brisket was excellent. They also brought something else from uh, a Texas that I didn't know was going to be there, and that was the heat. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was right. pretty hot out yeah, there. That's right. Pretty, pretty they were going for a 4D, all-sensory uh, interpretation of the Texas. Uh, Is that uh, why he had about 12 or 15 line physics? Yeah. We. It was great. We, we had 12 or 15 line Oh, I thought you were uh, saying yes in French. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's how I feel about line physics. Hey, and what's the theme of the uh, festival? The, the big part, and that's what's so exciting, it was NASA's 50th anniversary right. being celebrated in all kinds of exhibits there. So we had a, at least, I would say, two uh, football field-sized uh, Huge area. area. Huge with, area. With exhibits and models and uh, interactive exhibits yep. and some educational activities. Yes, uh, which uh, I participated in one. Obviously, yeah, yeah, which you we'll, did, we'll and we're, we're going to yeah. talk about that later and see but how well But then also, did. Franklin had, had a good time. We did an ESA. Uh, Chris came out on the ESA, and we're going to have that for everybody right after this break. You're watching NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. You're watching NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. So, Franklin, this ESA we had at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. Sorry, just changing pens. <laughs> Okay. Man, the shuttle bay is good for something other than uh, confessions. <laughs> yeah. ESAs were great. Chris and I had a good time uh, out on the mall talking to the participants of the Folk Life Festival about what they learned about NASA that day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, this is, I, you know, I hadn't done an ESA uh, before, and it was just kind of cool to get out there to, to talk with the folks and, uh, like I said, see what they learned about the exhibit. Yeah, and that was actually a cool part about the festival itself because, you know, you're out there and you're seeing all these different cultural things in Texas and Bhutan, and you get to the end, and there's this technological wonderment known as the NASA exhibit. So people were learning things left and right. Tell you what, Franklin, let's go ahead and run this and, and see what, you know, what went on in the ESA. Roll that show. We have the privilege and honor to be a part of this Folklife Festival, and we're here because this is NASA's 50th anniversary, so we're really excited to share our knowledge with the public and talk about what we're doing for space exploration. I think the Folklife Festival is absolutely great. It's great to be here and to tell folks what we do at NASA. 
we have learned that they're reusing one of the engines yes. over there with a lot of thrust. A lot of thrust. Yeah. Thrust is good. Learned about the space station a little bit bigger than I thought it was. I learned that it sounds pretty cool to be an engineer. Um, there's a center somewhere that no one really knows about. And the house is all shook. Testing the engines? Yes. Does the Space Center ring a bell? Sure. Yeah, sure, why not? Well, what I've really learned from NASA is uh, so much of the Martian exploration with the Phoenix lander and, of course, the spirit and opportunity that are doing so marvelous. I was over there with the astronauts and they was talking about the ice they found on Mars. Um, learned the difference between asteroids and comets. I learned that there's two new aircrafts going into space, Aries 1 and Aries 5. The pictures from out in space, it's like totally like like their works of art because they're just so beautiful, like all like the stars and everything and the views up there. What is the difference between asteroids and comets? Comets have ice and stuff and, and like a rock center and asteroids are just the rock part. I also learned that astronauts don't use salt and pepper shakers like we do. They actually have to put them in liquid. Well, well I understand Virginia, you uh, work in the dental industry. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how would you pull teeth in space? <laughs> well, I suppose you'd have to get something that would anchor um, an extraction device or instrument to the spacecraft itself somehow inside. Water adhesion keeps the food keeps the salt attached to the food, but this, if you just did a normal salt and pepper shaker, it would just float, float around. The you guys do have suction in space, so <laughs> you can take care of like all the bodily fluids. Okay. It was an educational experience. Very education. They had to go through each stand and get stickers, so they was fascinated about the robot, um, the food the astronauts ate, and oh, they was really, they really liked looking at those scrambled eggs, which didn't look too good. <laughs> good job. That was great. I mean, it really seemed like, I mean, I know I was learning a lot, but it seemed like a lot of people were learning uh, lots of things about NASA. And I got a question for you, Franklin. Go ahead. Would you have uh, that lady pull your tooth out in space? <laughs> that was a little dicey. I will say you that. Know, she was. Because, uh... you know, she's pulling one way, you're rotating the other way. It, c it could be prob problematic, you know? When she said extraction device, it was all over for me. I was running in the other direction. NASA didn't just have exhibits, they had people there. Not people just manning the exhibits, but they had an astronaut there. I actually got to speak to an astronaut. I thought your responsibility was getting the line physics for all the NASA participants to make sure that they stayed cool. See, what you're failing to realize is lime physics are the new currency at the Smithsonian oh. Flight Festival. So I parlayed that into an interview with Brian Duffy, the, the hey, former we, astronaut. Well, we know Brian Duffy. Uh, we met him at a space conference not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, well, I cornered him after one of his lectures. He <laughs> couldn't get away and got a got a quick interview. So let's, let's roll with that. I think cool. you'll find it very interesting. All right, let's check it out. We're here with astronaut Brian Duffy. I wanted to talk about what you think uh, the Folklife Festival with NASA will look like uh, in 50 years. What will we see in these exhibits then? Well, first of all, I think that uh, there'll be some great things here that'll be talking about things that are going on elsewhere. Okay. You know, we'll talk about the moon, we'll talk about what's going on in Mars in 50 years, and hopefully there'll be some uh, exhibits, you know, that'll show the history and how we got from where we are today to where we'll be then. I think you'll see um, probably some live connectivity you know we'll be we'll be talking to people that are elsewhere that'll be part of this a festival itself might be happening on the moon uh, what's the what are the first steps how are we going to make this transition from just being a lunar outpost to being a lunar colony yeah you know the first thing we need to do we need to inspire 
the generation of scientists and explorers that are going to follow us today. We need to get them on board and excited about what it is we're doing. And so that's actually the first thing we need to do. While we're doing that, we then, of course, need to make progress in the programs and get things going so that they have things to, you know, that they're excited about that they can then go work in, go be the people that are the engineers, the scientists, the astronauts. Now, what about the, the media presence there? Because I'm a media knot, and I think I, I should play you a key role. You're a media knot. Uh, yeah, I should play a key role. Uh, what do you think about you that? You should play a key role, and you will play a key role. Yeah, I'll sit next. There, I, I can see, um, you know. Former astronaut saying that I should play a key role. That's well, hey, we're going we're gonna to be, you know, we're going to need folks up there uh, reporting for all the things that are going on on the moon and going on on Mars and who knows where else. You know, the most notable thing about this interview was the fact that I got an official endorsement from a former astronaut as the, the most uh, necessary media knot for the future of the space program. Was, was, do you call that an endorsement? Yeah, I, it yeah. didn't sound like an endorsement to me. Like a, yeah. You're, you're a media knot. I think he was just joking around. Didn't you see him kind of smirking when he was... You're, you're a media knot. You're, you're a media knot. Okay, I reject any of that. I'm, I'm going to go with the, what, what I think was the heart of the interview. You should play a key role, and you will play a key role. And take that endorsement. And, and okay. before, before we go All to right. break, we're going to see how I did in the uh, lunar race with our good friend Emily. Uh, up at the, she, she developed her uh, lunar rover. I developed mine. We had a race. Pretty cool. Emily, tell us about your pretty cool pink rover design. I made a Mars rover design, and I made it have wheels so it could roll around, you know, on the surface. Okay. And it's also got different receptors, so it can pick up all the things on the planet. Now, what do you mean by receptors? What? Um, I just do the design. I make it look pretty. Just make it look pretty? Yeah, the scientists do all the other stuff. They put it together. Okay, anyways, there you go. Featured there. And unlike other rovers, I have an access hatch, where when you, you come in and land, you can just hop out and walk out safely uh, onto the Martian or lunar surface, either one. Hey, it's been a couple hours since uh, Blair's completed his rover design, and now we're ready for the race. Yeah. You, you ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, the best design win. Yeah. We're at the winter track. Put him down. Here's the starting line. We got some sound effects. Yeah. And three, two, one, they're off. Go. Hey, congratulations, Emily, on, on winning uh, our first annual NASA Edge uh, Mars Rover Lunar Rover race. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of my design. I think the hard effort was worth it. Worth it. Well, anyway, you're watching NASA Edge. And inside and outside the look at all things NASA. Back to the drawing board yeah. for me. Thank Great you, job, Emily. Emily. It was a good design. I have to yeah. say that. Uh, hats off to you. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Yeah. We're back on NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. No, I'm, I'm working on some redesign. Franklin, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I not tell him I would help him the uh, secret of taping that rover together? All I heard was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, I was busy doing my own design. And I, I'll admit, okay, I'll admit, A, I, I say Emily that. did a great How job. How do you expect to be a meteorite when you have a high school student, a middle school student beating you and this she's a high school student. And she's at least 20 years younger than you are because you now you're 40 now. Wow. Here's the thing, okay? Emily clearly very gifted 
Okay. Yes. So we could maybe be on a team going into space. Okay. That way you could use all my talents and abilities and all hers. I just won't be responsible for the lunar lander. Okay? But, but, Fair she, enough. She is the future of the space agency. Yeah, she is the future, the future. of the space You're absolutely right about so that. So what you're saying is, if, uh, is he the future of the Medianauts? He is the Medianauts. <laughs> <laughs> yes! On record, he said it. Let's talk about the Folklife Festival. In particular, we talked a lot about what people learned during this festival. Right. But you had a unique opportunity, if I remember correctly, to speak to Larry Hubner. Uh, he is a part of the Ares-1 program, which is the launch vehicle yep. that's going to you know, take Orion uh, into low Earth orbit. So uh, I had a, an extensive interview with Larry just to talk about how the program's going. And we also learned something about him. Green Bay is my hometown. It's the center of the universe. I'm also a stockholder of the Green Bay Packers. I own 401 shares of Green Bay Packers stock. So I'm, Really? I, I am. I am. I'm an owner of the Green Bay Packers. Everybody at the festival could stop by and talk to people like Larry and get that exact oh, he, oh, information. He, oh, he was slammed. I mean, right he, there on the, the mall. The whole time. That's it was right. perfect. Well, let's check out the interview. Series 1 is going to be the next vehicle that we use to get our astronauts back up to low Earth orbit. Um, it is. Some people say it's a replacement to the shuttle. I don't like to really use those terms because it, it doesn't have the same mission that the, sh the shuttle has. One of the things we want to do to make sure that this vehicle was operable and operational as soon as we could was to utilize existing hardware. Why not? Do we have proven capability with the, with the salt rocket motors on the space shuttle. It, it, it is an excellent system to use for the first stage. Um, the actual engine we have for the upper stage, it's a two-stage rocket system, and that upper stage, our uh, engine, is actually a variant of an Apollo engine. It was a uh, human-rated uh, uh, altitude start engine that we had for Apollo that we have upgraded with capability and technology that we have learned since the 60s, but the basic engine itself is right out of Apollo. So we're Saturn V? Saturn V, absolutely. Okay. We don't want to have to reinvent wheels where we don't need to. Now, what's your primary role on Ares 1? Um, I've done a lot of things in the last couple of years since I've been working on it. Uh, I spent a year and a half working on our first flight demonstration uh, rocket called Ares 1X, X standing for experimental. About the last three or four months, I've actually uh, wandered over to the Ares 1 Vehicle Integration Office. Okay. It's the office that's responsible for actually putting the parts together, okay. the first stage, the upper stage, the engine on the upper stage, with the Orion capsule. Um, to actually make this vehicle a viable vehicle. Do you have any test flight scheduled for Ares 1? Yes, Ares 1X that actually has a test flight planned. Um, earliest will be April of next year. The neat thing is, is that I'm standing next to this thing and less than a year from now, we're gonna have something that looks like that that will actually launch from Cape Kennedy and do a first stage flight. Mm -hmm. It won't be an orbital flight, but it'll tell us a lot about the guidance systems, the control systems, and the aerodynamics right. of the first stage. And the data we get from that will be used to actually finalize the design of the real Ares-1 vehicle. And also the uh, ranch of the, the solid rocket booster and how it comes down by parachute land in the ocean. It's exactly right. Right now we plan on recovering first stage right. and reusing that first stage just like shuttle does. You're watching NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. You know, Franklin, Chris, lots of valuable information but the amazing thing that the video can't convey is that there's the smell of brisket and, and just great food. And yes, it was hot. It was hot. But it, you, you I think could, the smell of brisket was coming from Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it, 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 trying to be funny. But, but this is trying to be. You, you could actually go up to someone like Larry Hubner and right. actually have a brisket sandwich in hand and a bottle of Chardonnay in the other. Or in our case, uh, Lampisne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, not <laughs> but, on the uh, clock. <laughs> not on the clock. But 
you can have that up close personal contact with these guys. That's and, right. And this is a lot of fun. And we, and we learned a lot too by talking a right. lot. Right. And these are the people that are, are playing key roles in NASA's uh, space program uh, returning to They're the making moon. it happen. So, right. yeah, exactly. So, you know, your little coffee table book years from now, you'll be thumbing through and seeing pictures of these people, and you could be talking to and them. And checking, well, out, checking out the orbiter too in that book yeah. too. And, 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 and Blair, you just might be there as a media now. I, I'm tr- every chance I get. <laughs> and, and, and which is a good point. Because that brings up our interview with Brian Duffy. Yes. It's interesting. One of the things that he said that NASA needs to do right. in this this venture back to the moon, Mars, and beyond is to inspire young people. If this says no, the space program is going to happen over the next 30 plus years. It's going to be the next generation of explorers are going to make that happen. No, as NASA Edge, we need to take a more proactive approach and getting out to the communities and talking to the, young, you know, the next generation. Which, ironically. It's almost as if we planned it that way. Exactly. <laughs> but we did get out and actually talked to one of the most inspirational kids I've talked to in a long time, Christina Johnson, who was a winner. She was the winner in the 15 to 18 video podcast category. But she, I mean, you can tell just from speaking to her, she's a very in, in, inspirational uh, young kid, uh, full of ideas and energy. And we did get a chance to go interview her out in Ames, Iowa. Franklin, this girl... I mean, she could teach us a few lessons on, on video production. I mean, she has her own green screen in, in her home. I mean, she has her own camera, mics, the whole nine yards. It's amazing. Yeah. That's the edge in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, she's, she's she had it all. And, and in fact, we do have our interview, so why don't we just check yeah, that out? Yeah, let's check it out, yeah. Well, this past January, I won the competition that um, you were part of. Um, it was a 21st century exploration podcast. Okay. Very good competition. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. I found it just um, browsing through the internet. I had figured that man to the moon, I thought a lot of people would do that. It was something general, um, very big achievement of NASA. But I wanted something that was more unique and something that, that went past the moon. Okay. And, and we haven't had anything that was very, very far reaching as far as the Voyagers. And right. the Voyagers, they've gone out of our solar system right, right now. And so I thought that would be amazing to do it. So they survived past the warranty period, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> I have a green screen at home, and I have certain clips inside of my house where I can actually set up my green screen, and I stand in front of it, put up my camera on a tripod, and then just go away at my script. So you have quite a bit of experience producing and uh, editing uh, video. Mm-hmm. Well, how did your parents feel about you basically turning your domicile into a production facility? Well, it was during winter break, so I didn't have homework or school to worry about. Do you you pay them rent for setting up shop? (laughs) No. No? No, Of course not. (laughs) Did you already have a previous interest in NASA, and so that's why it caught your eye, or did you just think that was Yes, I did. I actually want to be an aerospace engineer when I grow up. Very good. I want to to focus on the the space that you want to become an aerospace engineer. Okay. How important is uh, math, science, technology, and engineering to you? Wow, it's, it's really important. Math and science have always been my favorite subjects in school. I, I value reading and history a lot, of course, too, but math and science have come more as um, generally easier for me and just more of a fluent kind of like English language. Now, now do you, you say you want to be an aerospace engineer. Yes. Would, uh, what about being an astronaut? Well, I've considered being an astronaut before, but I do have a problem with motion sickness, and I figured that that might not be the best. Well, but if you're an aerospace engineer, and let's and say that uh, maybe uh, being an astronaut isn't your central purpose, maybe you could design a spacecraft for yours truly. I mean, I, I'm the right height, 
I'm, I'm, I'm small, so that's cool. And you could design a media not spacecraft. Maybe a media not launch vehicle. It was a pleasure coming out to uh, Ames, Iowa. Absolutely. And it was wonderful to have you out here too. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. You got a great school here and uh, hopefully you'll continue your, your production video. Definitely, and, uh, I will. Yeah, let us know, give us some links, we'll check them out. Yep. Is there any pointers you can give Blair to, to improve? on his skills as a, as a co-host? Well, you know, I was thinking about that intro that he does and maybe not bobbing his head so much. All right, well, before we go, if you wouldn't mind, I'm gonna observe and you just close this out here. Okay, wonderful. All right. Okay, great. All right, thank you for watching NASA Edge, the inside and outside look at all things NASA. So nasty. Yeah, and the head did not bob. No. So I bob. But your head's still bobbing while she was saying it. Hey, welcome back to NASA Edge. An inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey man, that was a pretty good interview. <laughs> yeah, she, she's amazing. Person. She is an amazing young lady. And uh, I didn't know the NASA trailer was there also. Yeah. The NASA trailer was just completing its Iowa tour. Yeah, and I'm, thanks for not calling things out too much because she did actually give me some pointers about how to deliver the line. I'm, I'm trying to minimize the head bobbing in my delivery. <laughs> so she, is she going to be a future media not? Uh, um, Actually, I, I think not because she's she's more into the science side. I mean, I was kind of surprised because she's so knowledgeable about video. So maybe she'll be both. But she wants to be an aerospace engineer. Yeah, so exactly. So maybe an astronaut. Yeah, an astronaut. That's right. Yeah. We also have to quickly just say what a great job the people at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival did in pulling that off. That's right. The exhibits, uh, right. the Bhutanese a food, hard the work. Texas food and drink and music, and NASA. It was brilliant. We had a great time, and um, e even if NASA's not there next year, it's a great festival to attend. That's right. So, and, and, and you can... The, Over a million people every year. That's the beauty of the NASA trailer. It's like a mini version of what was at the Folklife Festival, much, much smaller than how many exhibits we had there, but it travels around. So if you miss this festival, there are many other opportunities to find out about NASA. So I don't know if you want to call this NASA Edge shoutouts or, or NASA Edge shoutouts or, or is fine. But I do have a couple things. Uh, one we need is, to talk about that in the creative meetings in the future, but that's okay. Well, you know, you talked about how education is important that we have to really educate the, the next generation of explorers yes. and our fans out there. Yes. Well, if you know, if you'd like to have a uh, NASA speaker come to your school, come to your uh, science museum or your area, uh, NASA does have a speakers bureau. Actually, fill out the information and you can request a speaker to come to your area, whether it be a NASA engineer, a scientist, researcher, or a NASA astronaut. Welcome. That, that excludes <laughs> so, Medianauts. No, yeah, I, I, I don't I think do Medianauts are included. I can do my own speech. Okay. NASA's. Again, uh, check out the website. It's real easy. You just fill out the form. It takes about five five minutes. Send it, and then someone from a NASA center, depending on where you live, uh, someone from a NASA center will come out to your location. So Franklin and I could be put on this list and maybe be selected. So if somebody wants somebody to come speak about NASA, it could be you and I. We yeah, can take it on the tag road. team. It. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Maybe from uh, Antarctic, we'll just uh, Blair <laughs> to go down to speak. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, I got, I got one more. If you're not uh, familiar with the Centennial Challenges, it's NASA's prize program to stimulate innovative solutions to technical problems of interest to NASA's mission directorates. And we have uh, several uh, Centennial Challenges. And as you're looking at the website, we have a number of uh, competitions uh, that some are already out already and some yep. are coming up in the future. Which we may highlight on upcoming shows, if that's right, Franklin. Absolutely. Okay, we have one uh, It's called the Lunar Regolith Excavation that took place uh, in August. They have a tether challenge as well tether and also a good. lunar lander that I think we may be covering uh, this fall. It's all there for you. It's at uh, centennialchallenges.nasa.gov and you can learn all about 
that competition. And of course, don't forget the Speakers Bureau. If you- people go to the Speakers Bureau, can they just like, can they get specific and, and request an, an individual? Oh, absolutely. They go to the site, they can actually request who they want. If it's an aerospace engineer, mechanical engineer, or a specific person. They or, want Franklin or, Fitzgerald. Or Medianaut. They can ask for Franklin Fitzgerald. Or a Medianaut duo. Yeah. Now, before we, before we close the show. I thought we're done. No, we're not done. We're not done. And I, I just, I got to give, since we're doing shout outs, I got to give some credit uh, to our fans because uh, I know that you guys don't want to hear it and you don't want to know about it. But the truth is that the it's results from the shuttle orbiter debate are clear. Okay. Uh, I am right. And you guys are wrong. I mean, it, it couldn't be more clear. In fact, a hundred percent of the responses, except for one, one that uh, a response that you made to one of the people that wrote in was a hundred percent. Uh, in favor of referring to this as the shuttle. In fact, it's the most, and, and, and not only that, the, the people that responded is a very diverse group. Not since We Are the World was put together <laughs> have you had such a diverse group of talent and individuals. We have uh, people from the... Oh, there I- comes the time. No, no, from the press. <laughs> That's right. Wait, wait, we, we got grammarians. We got amateur pilots. By the way, listen to this, frankly. We got a, one of our... Uh, 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 the Ten seconds. Responded on the blog says... Um, uh, yes, Franklin, two, mong- two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights make an airplane. That's actually a pretty nice that good comment. Yeah, I, I had a And yeah. Fr- France and Germany, uh, we got all that we need right here. So can you just finish the show by saying hey, that you're I'm watching right? NASA Edge. And inside and outside, look at all things NASA. We're going to keep working on this. Can Dude, you say yeah, that you I'm know, right? I, you can't admit no, it. I, you know, that, I don't, that, 100%? 100%. 100%. 